Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome into the Marvel Stuff Podcast. We're like we do every single week. Uh, we start off by telling you why uh, our internet sucks and why we uh, are posting a day later than we wanted to. Uh, a couple days later, yeah, we initially tried to record this on Wednesday night and Thursday night, and it didn't go well. So sorry for the delayed episode, but Coach got new internet, and so far so good. Everything seems to be working like it's supposed to. So we're pumped. We're pumped to talk Secret Invasion and uh, Craven trailer, of course. Yeah, um, let's 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 do it. Let's start with Secret Invasion. We'll just bump right into it. This is yep. the Marvel Stuff Podcast. Indeed which is a, a more compelling conversation than the internet. Indeed. Secret, Secret Invasion is, it, it's a show, I think, for sure. Um, it doesn't have quite the, the oomph behind it. From my, the yeah, my exact reaction as soon as I finished the first episode, I was like, this show has potential more than I'm excited um, for this first episode. Because the first episode was, it was decent. You gotta, you gotta give them some room to do the intro nonsense that every show has to do. They had a couple of like major mm-hmm. occurrences that we're gonna talk about. Yeah. Um, I will say that while watching the beginning credits, I was like, "Oh, Colby Smulders isn't listed. She's dead. <laughs> Martin Freeman isn't listed. He's dead." <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I, I, then, that, uh, those things true. happen. Yeah, obviously spoilers, yep. they always are, so you should be yep. used to it by now. Says spoilers the bottom. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's like in some reason it feels like we're at like this point in Marvel where if it's not an absolute banger just jumping off the page, everyone just goes, meh. Yeah, it, it really does. I mean, we can't just put it on Marvel though. I think it's overall like everyone talks about this maybe impending superhero fatigue and I really think like the broader audience is starting to feel that a little bit. I mean, it's always kind of been there, but it, it doesn't it feel like there hasn't been very many superhero blockbusters that kind of like break the doors down. It's more like been a lot of pretty average. I mean, there's also the pandemic to consider, but at the same time, that was three years ago at this point. Whoever's coming back to the movies has pretty much already come back to the movies and the number has clearly dwindled. So I mean, I don't know. I don't think the show reaction is going to be much different. It's just kind of like, eh, because the shows were already like considered a B tier to the movies in the MCU. Yeah. And now we're we're hitting characters that a lot of people don't super care for. I mean, Nick Fury's the draw on this one. I like Nick Fury. I think he's an interesting character. Where's his outfit? Where's his shield? Where's his mutant powers? He's just kind of like an old man. Yep, it's I mean it's, it's it's interesting because as as a regular show, it would be an interesting idea, right? We're exactly. Doing, we're doing I, a crime I'm, show about aliens that can morph. It felt like a spy show. Like I was like, this is kind of cool. That's why I was excited for the potential because I'm like, if they truly lean into that angle where it's like very much a spy show as opposed to like action MCUE. Obviously, there's going to be some stuff that includes that, but if if it if it 
dedicates itself to being a slower paced but intriguing plot i mean it might not be for everyone but i think it's a good change of pace and i would be on board for that but i mean who's to say that that's what end, ends up happening so right. let's, first, let's, first start, let's start there then. let's start at the plot um uh, first of all and it's you know it's not really secret invasion not something really, you know i mean from the comics it's not right really that yeah no but it so we're not going to talk about that we're going to talk about what it is so yes. as a plot there's a, a core like group of rebel scrolls yep who seem to be unhappy that they can't find a new planet so now they're going to the show brings relevance to captain marvel which may have something yeah. to do with it not being the most popular we'll show but That's we'll fair. see but i mean instead of it being like a it doesn't seem like it's some sort of worldwide pandemic of scrolls it's like a very it's a small group of rebels and they have a dangerous bomb in this first episode Right, but it's not like normal secret invasion where it's like, oh, the entire world's about to be taken over by scrolls. It doesn't seem like that's. I mean, the the plot it is implying show. that there's a couple of world leaders that may or may not be scrolls. That's why we, we got like the manic man with the tinfoil hat to kick off this whole episode where he was trying to convince uh, Martin Freeman's character that, like, hey, man, like they're they're here. I know what their plan is. And he's kind know, of breaking but- down. He goes a little crazy. So I don't know how much of that was the character that you know clearly died pretty quickly but i don't know if he was supposed to be a crazy character or if he was onto something so we're gonna... i'm just saying it feels more like there's a few hundred scrolls spread out instead yep. of like two million of the people on earth are scrolls. Uh, you know they touched mean? on that a little bit they're like there's a couple i think they said like a, th- a couple thousand were confirmed on earth right I, they said it right in the episode but it's been about a week now but it was pretty low number and then when you take into account like the radicals of that group, it's a relatively small group that yeah. we're dealing with here. But still, there. So it reminds me a little bit more of the uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier show. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. There's one rebel group. It feels to like, stop them. That was that was one thing I noticed too. Where I was like, this scroll group feels a lot like the Carly group from uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah. Which uh, who knows what they were called? But yeah, you're right. That's exactly what it feels like. It feels like that group. Red flags. Um, so Flagstaff and they're, they're doing the same thing every show does. They they got a secret base and it's abandoned, but there's kids playing soccer because every kid in every secret base is playing soccer at all times. Obviously. Okay, but you need to acknowledge that it wasn't in America and outside of America, soccer is the biggest sport. <laughs> I don't know. Play some cricket or something. Play kick the can. I don't know. It's just it's very cliche, but it's fine. So the plot itself, it's interesting enough. They got to stop this group. Yep. Of insurrectionists from doing something bad to someone somewhere. Um, but most of it's about the fact that Nick Fury is rusty, that, behind, slow. Like yeah, he came back, I'm, but he's not quite ready. It's sort of what I'm, they're... I'm intrigued to find out like what he was doing on Saber. Like, are we going to find that stuff out? Are they saving that for Secret Wars where we get more of an idea of what he was doing up there? Because this really kicks off of like, he returned. Here's the mission that he returned for. It, it really almost makes no mention to him being gone for however long other than the fact that he's rusty um yeah i guess i'm not i'm curious what saber is i'm not curious what he was doing because this the show sort of implies that he was sort of just hiding from the fact that he failed in infinity war yeah right fair enough. like he's sort yeah because of... he had like the the weird flashback to being being ashed yeah ash that's a good way to put it so 
I mean, it seems like he took the lot. He went very uh, fat Thor. It sort of seems like, yep. right? He, a little bit, yeah. Took, I mean, he took the fat, but they gave him a big, they gave him a big gray beard for a reason. Took away the eye patch. Samuel Jackson hasn't gotten any younger. He still looks great for how old he is, but yeah. he's definitely older than 2012, so or 2018, whatever Infinity War was. I guess, yeah. Part of me, part of me can't decide how I feel about it because I think the thing about Nick Fury that makes Nick Fury so cool is the fact that he's always three steps ahead. And yes. Memory Hill makes a mention of that in this episode. But he's no longer three steps ahead. Right. So, like, all of his badassery, right, is now gone. So it's sort of like watching a John Wick movie, but he it's no old, longer beats you to Old Man Fury. That's kind of what we're going with here. And that this, this storyline has gotten more and more popular, both in comic books, podcasts, I mean, just media in general. It's like... Man. the return to what the what they used to do and they're not the same anymore and you know it's 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 a trope that's been done a million times but i don't know what i love here is an interesting one to hit on it just yeah i mean i i like to see nick fury outsmarting everyone and i feel like this show he's not gonna get a lot of chance to do it he's going because to, i think the first i i think this first one's like throwing a little bit of a little bit of shade out. I'm like, oh, he's out of practice. And that's why, you know, Maria Hill gave him crap for it. But I think give him another episode and a half, he'll, he'll, you'll realize that he had some stuff put in place. So, you know, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping there's like, there's a payoff. He like has already had secret things, but the problem is like, how do we follow him, but also keep it a mystery to the audience? Right. Unreliable narrator. I mean, that's, that's a trope of the, you know, yeah, it's not, it's easier to do in books than it is to do in a TV show. But at the same time, it's more like, I mean, we're not omnipotent as the, the viewer, which is kind of, you know, you have to make that educated decision on how you're going to, what point of view they're going to go from in this show. Right. And you're, you're very much, uh, you know, first person, not sure what, you know, what's going on. We're, we're kind of in Fury's mind in a way, but we have no context as to what he's been through recently. So it's yeah. not omnipotent. I guess that's, yeah, I think you're right. But for, I hate to do this. I hate to like say what I need a show to be for me to like it. But if there's not like a moment where it's like, oh, flashback, here's me actually like setting up. I already knew this was coming. I, you know, I had a spy inside the scroll oh, the whole time that. or something. I need it. I need to have like some sort of like, oh, he's actually, he's sort of been ahead of the game the whole time. We just but didn't it, know he was. <sighs> Isn't it kind of fun that there might be like a big reveal at the end where like they save it a few episodes where he looks like he's just yeah, kind of like lollygagging around, running into trash cans and different obstacles. And it seems like he's really out of practice and he's going to lose. And then they save it to the, you know, penultimate episode. Oh, yeah. I don't oh, care if it's, you're I don't right. care if it's until the end. Yeah. I, I just need like, hey, I I'd hope there's something cool. I'd be surprised if they didn't. I'm hoping it's something cool like, jokes on you i actually had a spy inside of the thrills the whole time or something you know what i mean i keep having this this my ultimate dream is that there's a human who's inside the scrolls who just never transforms but they don't catch it so it's actually just a that would be time. fun there's no way though although amelia clark's character is not turned never transforms but at the I, same time she very much acknowledges that the scroll is her dad so yeah that's true kind of weird that's- no, she's definitely. Wish, one, but... though, how did you feel about her character? Because I mean, I maybe it's just because you know I'm biased because I love her in Game of Thrones, but like I really, really want to see more of her in the show. Doug she's it. great. No, Doug, it that was yeah. I think she's the best part of the show. I think yeah, so far the most intriguing for sure. 
I think it's it's an interesting. Well, I love the, the way they left it at the end, where it seemed like she was on their side, and then the, her info was either inaccurate or she was choosing to side with the Skrull rebels. It neither confirmed nor denied at the end of the episode, so it's definitely cool stuff. I'm I'm excited to see that character because characters that play the fence are always very interesting to have. They're like a wild card in the plot of the show. I mean, I got to imagine she'll do what they. I mean. At, in the you end, but it matters most. I think so. But at the yeah. same time, I mean, she probably is pretty frustrated that 30 years ago they were promised land by Fury and Captain Marvel. And at this point, it hasn't happened. So, well, I mean, you know what? It's not that easy to find a whole planet. All right. I agree. No, I'm with you. I'm not, <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying she's, you know, right in her thinking, but at the same time, 30 years is a long time. Might be upset. Yeah. I think she's. I think she's interesting. I think she'll be cool. It is. It's weird that she didn't transform at least once, just for like a second, just to like, whatever. Yeah, but um, if you have a face like Amelia Clark's in a show, are you really gonna turn into her like a green monster? It's kind of just no. <laughs> you keep her as Daenerys as much as possible. <laughs> was there ever a single moment at any point in the show where someone was a scroll that you didn't immediately know? Oh, that's a scroll. Because at least in this first episode, every time it was someone, I was like, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Mark, it's hard to like if you watch <laughs> just the intro of Martin Freeman's character where he's just walking through a tunnel. I'm like, I have no reason to think he's a scroll. That's true. But, but like, then once he, got the in plan, the he gets like weird about the room. Yeah, then I knew which fine. Yeah, that's true. The painter, I thought it was pretty obvious or whatever, but I thought it was cool. Yep. I thought it was interesting. I did like that painter. I, I got wow. a feeling he's going to be one of those like guest characters in other shows or mediums he just feels like he has that type of gravitas maybe i mean he's yeah, well he is he's dead, dead so but someone like him kind of well, like hey, an well his human counterpart maybe i don't know right um yeah he's fine i think yeah fury is good the main villain seems pretty lame super scroll yeah, yeah. uh not a great get for these guys. But also, if you're doing a scroll show, you kind of have to do the top dog. He's a fantastic war villain. So, I mean, let's not write off the opportunity no, just, to this some sort of. Yeah. No, you're right. 100%. He was lame. He but he's like ultra powered and such. So, I don't know. I mean, he could be an interesting villain by the end. I would love, love some Fantastic Four Easter eggs. And you know they're going to. So, it'll be it'll be cool. Yeah, that would be nice. I mean, it'd be good, be a good payoff for the show. The show might need it. Uh, Maria Hill. Um, she Dead. was. It was interesting to have Dead. her for an episode. It's interesting to kill her in the first episode. I mean, she's always kind of been Fury's wing woman, and I mean, Maria Hill's a very interesting character because she's a constant within the comics and video games and stuff, but she's rarely like important, and yeah. that's that's kind of what like she was hired Colby Smulders was hired to do and she played that role perfectly but it's also it's almost like you almost you almost wish you could have seen a little bit more from her because I mean I love her as an actress specifically because of how I met your mother and I would have been intrigued to see her kind of eat chew the scene a little bit more she did get her she did get some highlights in this one where they did the chess match with Nick Fury that was pretty good but yeah cool little world building that they they always do chess matches and they're honest with each other I think that's fun yeah so I think overall, I think she had enough time. When I first saw her in the MCU, like in Avengers, like I never thought she'd get as much screen time as she has going forward. To be yeah. honest, I thought like she'd maybe be just in that movie. So, yeah, I mean, overall, she's, 
Yeah, she's fine. And it RIP. It's a bummer, but also it's you know, it's whatever. It would have been something because she's clearly like in I'm thinking specifically of Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2, she is the Nick Fury role because Nick Fury's missing, so they very well could have done a cool little side story, but that's that's gone too deep in the bag, probably. So what they did with the character was fine. A lot some people were shocked. Were you shocked to see her dead or get killed? No, because I just like what are you gonna do? Then then it comes a her and Mick Fury show the whole time. And I don't think they wanted to do that. Yeah. So I mean I, yeah, the, the the fact that she wasn't in that credit role at the beginning, I was like, Oh yeah. Well, good knowing you, Robin. Super dead. Um yeah, I, the show, the episode's fine. I mean, Nick Fury takes an L at the end. Doesn't seem like anything big has happened. Like the plot, like just sort of is starting. Like, yeah. If anything, all the plot we learned in the first episode is over by the end of the episode, except for the Nick Fury character building stuff. I like the the fact that they the, like the the scrolls live and radioactive like wasteland because humans can't live there. I was like, that's a pretty smart way to write Clever. it. Like Clever that would be it. a lot of land just kind of left uninhabited or uninhabitable to where they thought. And then it's a good base for them. Yeah. The world building is nice. I think the episode did a good job building off. Like what did you think of the, was she rushed? No, she wasn't Russian. She's English. The weird, like kind of strange lady that Nick Fury clearly had a history with. I'm trying to remember what nationality she was, but she well, had the English, office. Right? Was it English? Yeah. And yeah. then he put the camera on the owl's eye. I I, I like her. So, Sophia, was her name Sophia? I don't know. I don't know why I like her. I, but I like her. I'm, I'm actually like, hmm, I wonder where this is going. No, I, I do dig this Pennyworth, idea of like. You guys have watched Pennyworth, the DC show. It's very, it's kind of like that. It sounds anyway. like, it feels like there's going to be a point where she double crosses Nick Fury, but psych, I have to triple crossed you. Yep. And turns out she's yeah. a scroll. Wouldn't be surprised. Turns out she's a scroll, but there's actually he found the real her somewhere else or something, uh, you know, something like that. Yeah, there's going to be plenty of that, which I think is interesting. Uh, so I, as I said, this isn't my favorite like single episode of a show of all time, but like, I'll well, keep watching. The intro it. never really never is. You kind of it's. I loved Wandavision's first episode. Wandavision's first episode, people hated because it, know, was, it didn't give it. any context. It was just I like, hmm, here's an episode of a '60s sitcom. Yeah, you're true. That's true. It was definitely it definitely good. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's not most people's favorite episode of WandaVision. Now, to me, it feels the most like Falcon Winter Soldier, and uh, yep. I think that's a good thing. It's a show I liked a lot. So, yep. Let's let's me move too. on to uh, something else that's pretty cool. And like we've we've talked about Craven before in his glory on the PlayStation, and now yeah, Re- that character is definitely having a renaissance as far as like appearances in media it's just it was probably i mean it's very much sony's decision like ooh, we own the spider-man games and the spider-man movies why don't we kind of try and make this interesting and match them up the same same thing with miles they did the same thing with miles so weird everything about sony it's a little bit weird to me but that's okay i'm also down for it though um yeah so i guess we'll talk about the trailer and then i guess what we think about what the movie is going to be but the trailer itself was sick it was it was a highlight reel of just brutal kills and i'm really excited that it's rated r <laughs> the bear trap kill was a particular paper fine <laughs> that was cool yeah i mean as is often the case these sony trailers are pretty good um, that's true i thought even, even the more trailer good, yeah. okay but I, I just i mean 
I like the actor. I like everything that's going Aaron on. Aaron Taylor Johnson's on a hot streak, dude. I don't know if he would have, but I mean, they filmed this a while ago, so maybe it was while he was filming other things. But he's he's a like rise. He's hitting like a just kind of a right. He's a rising star in a way. I mean, he's been famous for a long time, but he's he's getting a bunch of roles in a row. It very much feels like the uh, um, what's his Kang. Yeah, actors majors. Jonathan Majors, thank you. It feels like his type of thing. Where he like Aaron Taylor Johnson just did Bullet Train and a couple of other like pretty intense projects that people liked. I'm excited for. I mean, yeah, obviously except the trailer itself is cool. It shows a lot of like it's very brooding. It's very like it's very traditional macho dude, which like I'm all for. How do you feel about Russell Crowe playing his third superhero? I mean, is he a superhero in this? I mean, related. He's yeah, he's not a superhero himself, but he's but yeah, like a father figure because he was, you know, Zeus. He was also Jor El, and now he's he's here. I like it as like because he's often like the dad figure. Yeah, in as, one way or another. He's very, but he's I love, I love that he's like going full heel, but that he's yep. like, he's a heel I dad. was the worst dad ever. Mm-hmm. I hated everybody, hated everything, but he still has that soft sort of Russell voice so yeah. i dig it i'm excited to see it i hope it's not too much of the movie you know i hope the intro is less than 25 well minutes. the concept of this it sounds like is him dismantling his dad's hunting organization underground stuff that's what a lot of this movie is going to be so i don't know i don't know how much russell crowe will be in it we'll see yeah probably a lot actually yeah if you say it yeah. that way you're right it does seem like that's what the movie's about so he's, he's the villain i mean there's gonna be other ones I guess I didn't realize till I, I read an article on IGN that Chameleon's actually Craven's brother now. I think that's something they made for this movie, but that's yeah, going to be that's super interesting. interesting. They, they, what, what else did you want to highlight in this trailer? Because there's, there's stuff I want to talk about with like what they did with the character for this movie, but we should probably finish talking about the trailer itself first. I thought the look, I think his look is cool. It's clean. Ooh, it's like, yeah. it's not so... It's not the comic book look. It's not the big giant. Puppy, well, you but it's, do exactly, but they it's did a nice, it pretty close. Yeah, it's a nice clean mane. I like the look. Me too. I like it a lot. Um. Yeah. So the movie itself, I'm excited about though. I mean, this movie looks fun. Uh. Yeah, well. Yeah. Me too. But the uh, so, I don't have it in front of me, but there was an IGN article where they're kind of talking about. Should Craven have just stayed a villain? And that's something I've kind of been tossing with myself the last couple of Sony Marvel movies. It's, it's it's giving some of these characters redeemable qualities that aren't necessarily supposed to. Like Craven is driven to like dismantle his dad's organization. He's got like a sensitive side, it seems. He's not afraid to kill people if it's right, but Craven in the comics is very much like apparently he was an old soldier from World War II, found a way to kind of make himself immortal, and he wanted to, well, not immortal, but hard to kill. And he just wanted to make himself into like the greatest hunter of all time. And that's his main driving force. And you see Spider Man as his arch nemesis, and that's the character. So we're adding these layers to a character that's relatively popular and turning him into an anti hero when he, I don't know, does he have have what it takes to be an anti-hero i guess sony consciously separated venom and spider-man for quite a while like through a couple decades they had spider-man or excuse me venom doing his own thing here and there and then they would just have occasional crossovers but craven 
has made almost no appearances other than fighting Spider-Man and the occasional Black Panther or whatever. Uh, yeah, so I'll say two things. Number one, this movie could be really good and he could be an interesting yes. antihero. I, I, uh, I agree. But more so than that, I totally just, I want a studio just one time to just nut up and make a movie about a villain. Yeah. Like this could be a really interesting movie if it was just like, he's just a bad dude. Yeah. Like, I would love that. I get that they're trying to sell tickets and they want their main character to be redeemable, but it's like, you don't have to do that. I mean, I loved Joker and that was very much a villain story, but he, yeah. I don't know. He was more of like a, a sad villain story, a sad villain story, but I, even that would be better. I don't know. This I, weird kind of anti-hero angle. It's making him semi hero esque. I, I don't know. Craven's just a villain to me. So it's going to be weird seeing him in a different context. No, I think you could, I think you could literally one day make a movie I think this would sell. I think it would sell a ton. They would do it in animated. They've done it in animated things. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like if you just had a movie that was called Craven and he just, he flat out killed Spider-Man, right? It's like an alternate universe. He hunted down. Although he, killed, that, he killed this hero. He killed this that's hero. That's a one. It's a one-off. That's the problem is. I know. I said this in a previous episode that Craven's that's Last good. Hunt is the iconic storyline that everybody wants to see. But Spoiler alert, Craven dies at the end of it, and that's a very important pillar of the storyline. So here we are trying no, to make a Craven movie care. without doing the coolest Craven thing. But that's that's what I'm saying. Like it's Craven, okay? You don't I don't need a Craven franchise. Why don't we have a Spider-Man movie where Craven is the villain? That's what we need. We don't need yeah. Yes, Sony, exactly. they're trying so hard to make a unit like a, a Spider-Man universe without Spider-Man, and it's it, it's to some marginal success with Venom, and they're like, mm, "We should do this with all of the Sinister Six. and I was like, "No, please don't." No, <laughs> like figure out how to use a different Spider-Man in your movie. Like get Andrew Garfield back, get Tobey Maguire back, cast Miles if you have the right. This is, that, that would be a better movie to me. Yeah, that'd be better. One hundred percent. This could be a fun movie. Great, but if you just like. Brought Andrew Garfield back, and you were like, Craven's okay. last hunt. He's going to fight Craven. Yeah, That's wouldn't that be epic. like The Amazing Spider-Man 3? Boom. There's your movie right there. Craven. But no, they want to like keep these characters around and give each of them three subpar movies. And there's going to be a giant crossover where the Sinister Six fight the air because they still don't have Spider-Man. So what are they even building up to well that's the thing you're gonna build them up to then be the villains like i don't understand the logic no makes no sense and making them all anti-heroes it's like what so everyone's kind of just indifferent staring at each other what are we doing here (laughs) like (laughs) there's no conflict at that point yeah you would be better off making an epic craven's last hub movie everyone loved it it's great and then just revisiting it in 10 years Listen to our listeners out there. I, even if you're not a big comic book fan, they did an audio version of Craven, Craven's Last Hunt, and you can get it through like the Hoopla app. It's on Audible. Highly, highly recommend because it's like a stupid, dope story. I absolutely loved every second of it. And if they, or just read the comic book if you want to go about it that way. But straight up, but reading is for story. nerds, so don't do that. Okay, yeah, that's do the audio book. I've obviously. done both, but the audio book yeah. is fantastic. And you'll you'll realize how awesome it would be if they translated it to a live action movie. And yet they're choosing to do like a made up story and change the character to an almost unrecognizable aside from physically, because physically they're identical. But outside of like physically, 
this doesn't it just doesn't feel like Craven anymore. They're making a new character. It sounds like a cool movie though. I mean, I do yeah, think this movie could be cool because it. I like the idea of someone who has animal like hunting powers. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, his new origin story of like being affected by lion's blood. It was like, okay, I mean, it's sure. Like, yeah, definitely different. Definitely not who Craven is, but like, no, it could make it could be an interesting movie. I like uh, how the dad's just like leave him. He's weak. I was like, I'm into that. That was cool. <laughs> that that's, that that would trigger a revenge story. That's for sure. That's what I do to my son every time he cries. I'm saying, ah, that's it. Just leave him there. He's weak. He's weak. He needs to build him. <laughs> yeah, but he's not bleeding out from a lion he's, bite. In fairness, <laughs> he's five days old. He can't feed himself. What is he even doing here? You know what I mean? So, right. Uh, no, that I mean, like you said, it doesn't seem like this is a Craven movie, but it does seem cool. So, like, I'm excited to watch that. It. That's in. Yeah, I I feel like I'm poo pooing on it a little bit in this episode, but when it was not through, like, I this is the most excited I've been for a Sony Marvel movie outside of the animated franchise. I'm just, I yeah. love when superhero movies, finally, they're just like, we're going to pull, a, we're going to be like Logan, we're going to do the boys, we're going to do gore, rated R, and it's going to be sweet. Like Watchmen, the, like, the, I don't know, dark storylines are my favorite. So when you have like ultra violence and stuff, I'm like, this is pretty sweet. I want to see how this translates. And Craven's a perfect character to finally draw that line. Yeah, I would argue that they should have done it with. Venom too, with Carnage being a serial killer, but I've made that point before. Craven's gonna be a—he's gonna be a cool one. Yeah, Carnage, sort of bone. I got a feeling this will be like slightly better than Venom. I'm gonna guess. Slightly better than Venom would make it the best movie in their franchise, though. So it's fine. Like it's fine. What? What? It's gonna do terrible at the box office. You like? You can just turn to the DC side of the fence right now, where everybody's dogging on Flash, even though it was like a an okay movie it wasn't amazing but it was pretty decent but it's absolutely getting destroyed at the box office because people feel like it doesn't count for anything because the end of a franchise and a, you know there's they have a track record of doing not great movies in within this dceu and that's exactly what sony just had like the ultimate bomb of morbius it was awful they lost so much money and then they re-released it because of an internet meme and then lost more money it's so good. Yeah, it's hilarious. Uh, but it's at so the same funny. time, it's like you've got three movies and one and a half of them are good. Are people really going to go out to the movies after all this time to go watch Craven the Hunter? Probably not because no one knows who's, no one knows who that is. Unless you're a comic book fan or a Spider-Man fan, you, you don't know. That's a good point. Is. That's such a good point. Um, yeah, we're definitely at the point now where like you've got to move the needle. Like Into the Spider-Verse is doing well because it's phenomenal. It has great word of mouth. So good. And so it gets people going. Yeah. Like, you can't just be a superhero movie anymore. Like, it used to be enough. You just, I'm a superhero movie. We're Venom. Very good point. Very good. That's enough. Roll it out. You used to be able to, like, all right, well, here's Ghost Rider. And I was like, oh, cool. Comic book movie about a guy with a flaming skull. Like, that's a, that's a draw. Yeah. And then it was like subpar, but people still liked the first one. They're like, hey, cool. Let's make another one. Like, it was successful enough, but like, if you were re-released Ghost Rider now, yeah. <laughs> no one would care. Super generic, no one would care. It's like, yeah, basic yeah. story. And like that's the thing. Craven will probably be like a slightly good movie, but is it gonna lead to anything? We for me to convince my friend like this is the superhero movie to watch when there's 15 superheroes. It's movies. impossible for you to. You can't. Right. I, like I can't recommend it. I, my literally my uncle was like, 
should I go see the flash? I'm like, I think you might enjoy it. You liked Keaton Batman. But I said, I literally said, I was like, you would like across the spider verse more. He still wants all flash. And then he's like, I hated that movie. I'm like, told you to watch the flash, bro. Or, <laughs> Yeah, told you watch Spider Man. That's yeah, exactly right. That's what, and that's the same for me, right? Everyone, my wife and I told my wife, I was like, yeah, Spider Verse, watch Spider Verse. Like, don't go watch Flash. You don't really need to go back and watch Guardians, even though I like Guardians. Like, if you're gonna watch something, this is the one I'll recommend. And I just don't think Craven's gonna be that. There's just, I don't know if this is ever gonna stop. It feels like an ongoing cycle of marginal hype for an okay movie and it's just so many superhero movies and that's me speaking as a comic book fan and i'm like why Listen, does this i one don't exist? care why does this i one don't exist? care for I'm me watch personally as a fan i'm going to watch craven i will be like i kind of enjoyed that even more obvious like i was like god it's boring i was like i'm glad i went yeah exactly. i'm gonna feel that way most of the time yes but we're not like the, said, we're not the demographic they're looking for though because they, they already got us in the bag. They already got us in their pocket. They're looking yeah. to expand, and which is what I also what makes it suffer, is they're making superhero movies more and more generic to apply to a broader audience. And then the broader audience doesn't care anymore because they keep making bland movies. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, they there's, a, their there's a subset of people who are going to watch two movies a year. Yes. And like, one Craven of the Hunter is not one of them. It's time, yeah, it's like, it's why never going to happen. I'm they're going to go watch Craven. Oppenheimer. And almost yeah, exactly. They're gonna watch they're gonna watch Oppenheimer and Mission Impossible probably. Or like Indiana Jones seven. That's true. People are gonna that seems like that's gonna make money. Who knows? But anyway, yeah, getting poor ratings. Anyway. It's interesting that we I went I definitely came onto this thing and like I'm gonna be hyped about Craven because I like the trailer. I did like the trailer. Yeah. When I really think about it, but we're we're in a world where everything just seems to be I feel the same way about Secret Evasion though, where it's like I like this show. The printer's running out of Marvel show. That's what it is. The printer is running out of ink. The colors are starting to fade. Nothing's as vibrant anymore. We get the occasional like, ooh, they switched the cartridge. Here's across the Spider-Verse. And then it immediately runs out of ink again. (laughs) Yeah. But I like it. I personally am going to like it. Yeah. So that's all. We're superhero fans. We're going to go ahead and watch it. And we're probably going to like this movie. But I could, like, someone's got to, like, talk for But even our audience, even our audience, I feel like. There's a good 20% of our audience who's not going to watch Craven. Yeah, you're a thousand percent right. Yeah, we can, I mean, we get to see our numbers. And depending on whose movie it is, we could see how good our That's podcasts true. are doing. It's uh, just we, like. We can see the difference between. Yeah, there's the a reason we're not doing. doing theme weeks for Morbius. Because no one cares. <laughs> no one cares. Yep, That's, this is true. Um, Spider-Verse, though, you guys like Ooh. it. Yeah. You guys like those. We like, yeah, keep sharing those episodes with your friends. That was was a lot of fun. Uh, Yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say. I mean, I'm Secret Invasion. It's hard to talk about too much because we just don't know enough. Yeah, like I said, the plot sort of circled itself in one episode. I mean, it didn't grab me, but I'm going to come back next week with a clean slate. I'm not, this didn't turn me off to the show. Maybe that's the best way to put it. Maybe you could, even, as an audience member, I mean, you probably wouldn't have listened through this far if you were uh, didn't watch it yet. But watch, wait till the second episode comes out. Watch two episodes in a row. I, Maybe that's what you could do. I was thinking that while I was watching. I was like, you guys should have done two episodes. They should have done a double release. It's whatever. Um, yeah. I was going to mention. What do you think of the fact that uh, Comic Con Marvel's just not going to? Oh yeah, Comic Con getting dunked on because everybody's not going. Warner Brothers, DC, Marvel. Yeah. Um, 
I think Sony as well. Like none of them are going to Comic Con, so what's the point of doing Comic Con? That I'm being so, said, if you guys can get us some free passes to Comic Con, I wouldn't be upset because I'd go. definitely go. And then people might show up to meet the hosts of the Marvel Stuff podcast, but we might be the only Marvel related. Yeah, no, we might be the yeah, we might be the largest draw going. Uh, us and Kevin Smith will just do podcasts. Yeah, yeah, he'd probably jump on. It is. It's an interesting dynamic because it feels similar to me of like the whole the streaming wars thing, where it's like everything used to just be like on Netflix, and then now yeah. it's on everything, and that's the same way I feel about these like. You know, you got D23, Warner Bros. has its own thing. And the What's happening in the game, and... gaming community, too? I mean, not to get, like, too far off our audience, but they canceled D3 this year and separated it into a PlayStation Showcase and Xbox Showcase. They did Summer Game Fest. They did a Nintendo, whatever they call it, Nintendo Fest, whatever. The, they, they just yeah. did that. Like, we had, like, five game-related festival-like streaming things in a row instead of them just choosing because they don't want to pay to go be part of the big dance. They got to pay a lot of money to go to Comic-Con when they could just use their own, their own devices to make more money and get it out to the same amount of people. Like you can just look at the trailers that get watched from a Comic-Con and there's like millions of views on YouTube and it's on their YouTube channel. So like, do a stream on your own YouTube channel and then release the trailer. You don't need this yeah. other party involved at all. And for a business standpoint, it. it definitely makes so much sense. But it doesn't mean that I, the audience, don't hate oh, it. Oh, I agree, because it's like it's taking away our fun time of getting to go hang out with a bunch of nerds. <laughs> and I just like but when it's right. like a big, like, I don't like when it's spread out. I liked when the video games were like, Me too. this is E3. Boom, This would be boom, a big, boom. long, bunch of announcements. four-day yep. weekend, and it's going to be epic. Like, yeah, but now it's just like, oh, okay, well, everybody has like two or three really good games, and the rest are just like, here's some stuff from our devs and our unimportant games, and that's 15 minutes of our 45-minute stream. I'm like, I don't care about these, <laughs> so why are we showing it? Yeah, it is A little bit off fun. track, but that's kind I of just, what's happening with movies. Just an interesting little thing about Comic-Con, which is fine. I did see a bunch of people, good, make it more about comic books. Well, you know what? They buy comic books. If you I want do. things, I'm, I'm part of the majority. Do. They're the minority, excuse me, where that, that still buys comic books. There's not very many of us left. If you want more comic book stuff, go out and buy comic books. Convince your friends to do it. It is what it is. Um, all right. Well, this was fun. Look forward to hopefully yep. getting... It sounds like our, it seems like the internet works. So hopefully yeah, we, we go, uh, had no issues here. So that's good news. Back to business. Uh, well, obviously, me having a kid and coach having two kids, our release schedule is semi-inconsistent, but we're still shooting for the once-a-week thing. Still once-a-week, for sure. And we're still going on Secret Invasion. is kind of going to be the theme for the next few weeks because that's the new Marvel content. But then we'll get back to our other nonsense that you guys seem to enjoy so much, and it'll be it'll be a great time. Nonsense. Poopy pants. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Try not to have too much fun without us, and uh, catch you next week. Hey guys, in case it wasn't obvious, we here at Marvel Stuff and the Gotham City Rogues podcast do not own any of the IP we talk about. We're just fans having a good time talking about the things we love.